In association with the Omniverse Comics Guide, this is the Cave of Solitude, your pop culture and comic book podcast coming to you from all over the world. I'm your host, Eric Anthony, and this is episode 306. And boom, Mr. Dave Molyneux. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. How's it going, good sir? I'm all right, dudes. Yeah, you? What's happening? Pretty good. Pretty good. I, I got a couple of uh, epic collections at my doorstep yesterday, and one of them had this strange fold in the binding that I don't even know why they thought they could send that to somebody. So <laughs> I I sent it back, and I got my replacement, which you're going to love. People can't see oh, it, God. but it's the Avengers, Kang Wars. Your favorite era. <laughs> I hope you have a lot of fun reading that. I think I will. I do. I think I will. That's the that's the embarrassing thing. Is like I'm excited. I'm like yes. <laughs> I genuinely hope you really like it. I've read it. I've read that story. I think two or three times now. Wow. I have. Um, I don't want to read it. <laughs> Why would you read it three times? I think it was. I read it when I was younger. Okay. Oh, and then I read it originally to do like a Marvel Comics card entry, and then I redid the Marvel Comics card entries to it in one post, and I thought, like, I'll just reread it. Wow. Um, yeah. I should, yeah. <laughs> but it, it ties in with the Doctor Strange story as well, which those issues aren't included, but it's four issues of Doctor Strange that tie in with it slightly. With the Celestial Madonna? With the Giant Size Avengers number four. There are some issues of Doctor Strange that take place around it. Okay. So, but they, you don't need to read them. But there'll, there'll be some little bits in it where you're going, "What's the, what's going on with that thing?" And it's because it's happening in Doctor Strange. Oh. Mm. Just taking a sip. Um, I want to. I, I always think of this, and I forget to ask you. So I'm going to ask you now that I, I it's in my face. You don't like epic collections, right? Not really. How come? No. It's just because I'm a pretentious design type and I don't like the spine. <laughs> That's oh. literally it. I'd love it. I'd love it otherwise because they're nice, chunky collections. So it's I the, hate spine. the spine design. Really? Yeah. It bothers me so much that I don't, I don't want to own them. Interesting. Okay. Because I, I can understand that. But when I see the spines lined up on a shelf, I'm like, yeah, at least they, at least they, you know, have some sort of symmetry and you can see that it's part of a collection. But I could also understand if that's not your taste. Yeah, because they are, they are a good bang for your buck and you get a lot yeah. of good comics and seeing that they've been, they've been committed to completing it. It's Yeah, I think it's a great way of doing it. And not doing it in order is nice as well because... Why should every time it's always like, oh, we'll do Marvel Masterworks style. Are they going to, we'll do the, I mean, they didn't do as much with the Omnis, but they kind of have with Avengers Volume 1 style. At the beginning, like, you don't, we don't need to keep starting at the beginning. And I like the way that it picks random moments in time, and but they've obviously worked it out so that by the end of it, you'll, in theory, have a, a full collection if you really want it, but you also don't have to have the full collection if you don't. So it's not numbered and you don't feel like you've got to have it numbered on the spine. Yeah. Yeah, I think is the right move. I know a lot of um, book sellers and comic shops don't like that, but um, I think it makes sense because there are anal people like me who want to have 
all the numbers, and if you can't, nah, forget it. But yeah, it's it's you no, know, it's it's a stupid reason. I do own some. Oh really? Um, yeah, I own a couple, but not many. I'm, I've got quite a bit. I think over fifty. Oh wow! Yeah, I'm not committed to the to the series like um, some people are. I know some people get them all, which is cool. But I have characters and eras that uh-huh. might annoy people. But it's like I'm not going to. I'm not going to get all of the amazing Spider-Man and Omnibus form up until McFarlane or Roger Stern. Yeah. Right. I want the Stanley, yeah. Ditko, and you know Gil Kane, and then the stuff that follows it. I have that stuff in Epic Collection. Yeah, something it's nice like for that. that. And it's that's what I did with the Hulk. Yeah. So the Grey Hulk bit before the Peter David run came out as an epic. Yes. And I got that. Yeah. So that it kind of fills that gap because I'm not sure when they collect the Bill Mantlo era if those will be included or not. So yeah, it was nice to kind of fill the gap. Yeah. I did that uh, with the Thor. Thor, I have all of the DeFalco friends. That's where I have that run collected there. I yeah. don't care for really other parts of it. Walt Simonson, before that, I have it in Omnibus. The yeah. Dan Jurgens Omnibus, like, uh, they're collected in other ways. But that one, I feel it's... An, it, because I just feel it, some stuff fits in well with reading it... I don't know. It's weird. It's weird how we have our little preferences of reading a time. Yeah. Right? I don't know. Well, that's, some of it's nostalgia. Some of it's the need to complete something. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and the Avengers is the one that I find myself, um, I'm, I'm going for the Avengers stuff from, uh, from the beginning till maybe Roger Stern. Oh, really? Yeah. I got volume one up until judgment day. And I think this judgment day. Judgment day is the end of Roger Stern's run. There's stuff in between that hasn't been collected yet, but everything Mm -hmm. from Avengers number one until the Korvac saga, which hasn't been released yet, I've got an epic collection in order. And then after that, there is the uh, Judgment Day is the one I just mentioned where they fight Zeus. It's a story with Hercules. Yes. And then the other one is Under Siege in oh. between there, right? It, that's such a great mm-hmm. volume. Such yeah. a good volume of stuff. It is a good volume. I really wanted to collect the stone stuff. Yeah, um, that deserves an honor. Hopefully omnibus. one day. Yeah. I don't even, I don't it, want. It on me. Yeah. But like specifically Roger Stern Avengers. Yeah. Not this Avengers number volume eight. None of that. He deserves his own run. Like I wouldn't, I wouldn't want, you know how they have so far up until I think the Engelhart is collected in omnibus form. Yeah. I wouldn't want them to keep going and just blend that in with Roger Stern's run. I would the no. same way he's got a Spider-Man omnibus. He deserves maybe more so an Avengers omnibus. I think that's fair. Would you think it's crossed? Fingers, it'll come. We're putting it out there, out there, out there. Out there. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Avengers, that's what this episode is about. You had the idea to do. Event, top five Avenger villains and then associated stories. 
Yes. So it isn't so much like who's the strongest Avenger villain, but what are your favorite villain-related stories? Yeah. So we each get to pick our top five villains and our favorite stories related to that. Can we can we have the same villain, different story? Yeah. Okay. I find the Avengers have a like they share each other's villains a lot of the time. So when I think of like who are Avengers villains, you know, obviously Loki, Ultron. Kang. I don't mean to give things away of what who we're talk who we're going to talk about, but also Doctor Doom is an Avenger. Yeah, villain, right? they're kind of like the swingers villains. <laughs> I know the villains bring their keys and ah, whoever I'll, I'll take on whoever. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Um, but it's funny because like while I was thinking about who to pick for this, a lot of the villains I was thinking about who are the big villains. A lot of the stories that those villains are in, I actually prefer stories where they're not fighting the Avengers. I was like, God damn it. Yeah. I want to figure out what Avengers story is like. Come on. So it was it was trickier than I thought. Is everything that you've picked um Avenger comics? Like are they Avengers this number or are they some mini series? We'll see. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I like it. Because I might cheat. I might have an I, I might have yeah. I don't think it has to be in the Avengers. Title, okay. As long okay. as it's an Avengers story or the Avengers are prominent in the story. Okay. Or the villain. But, but it's, it, it's open to interpretation, okay. dude. Let's, oh, go, okay. let's go for it. You call me if I if I put out a, a bullshit answer, you call me on it. <laughs> oh, I will. Okay. Yeah, there's going to be ones. <laughs> in, I'm going to make sure there's ones in here that you just like, oh, that story's horrible. I hope you enjoy oh, it. Don't worry. I know, I know there'll be people listening to my choices going, you moron <laughs> like, who do you think you, why would you pick that shit great 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 and then the ones that we don't put out there obviously we'll put honorable mentions of stuff because before we go dive in just another tangent after a while it's always the same 10 stories you see like even when you go website to website to website i'm like yeah yeah these are the stories but there are more there are plenty more. It's just it's funny because they become so ingrained. This whole this is the best. This character story. This is the best, and it starts to become harder and harder to remember the others, unless you have a read through of like an epic collection or an omnibus, and you go, "Damn, this is a good story." No one's talking about it. And and what happens too? It's like it's just going to be another podcast that's going to say, "Hey, read Under Siege. It's the best Avenger story." <laughs> yeah. And if if you know anything about the Avengers, or if you don't. Read Under Siege. It's a great Avenger story, right? Yeah. We might talk about it here, but you also want to make it. You also want to hit people with that surprise, like, huh? Yeah. Like, oh, okay, I'll check that out. I never would have, you know, considered that story. Yeah, okay. Exactly. Let's do it. Your first this time. Ooh. Okay. So here's my first. <laughs> here's my first. Really, seriously response right which so my, my number five is um loki who's barely ever fought the avengers so he fought the avengers in issue one and he's responsible for them getting together right um i won't go into a huge number of the other stories just in case you have to pick loki for anything but um there's one particular story that really sticks with me and i think to be honest it's a bit of a nostalgia trip for me because I love this. This was the the era when I started reading Marvel in terms of those American single issues, not 
UK reprint. Um, and it's Acts of Vengeance. I know there are a lot of people that just go, God, Acts of Vengeance shit. <laughs> but it is. It is shit. But I love it. So the thing is, it's, it's a slight spoiler as well because Loki's on, on the download key on, in that story. <laughs> Um, and it's funny because like, there are a lot of collections where they're going like, oh, this is Acts of Vengeance with a, with a big surprise villain in it. And they put Loki all over it. <laughs> You're like, okay. But um, I think the thing with the Avengers as well is that it's actually, funny enough, reflected in the first phase of the Marvel films, which is in terms of villains, they don't necessarily face the big bad guy until the end. Because a lot of their big bad guys are masterminds, you know? Um so it's not about just someone of an equivalent power level to punch in the face. Right. It's someone to manipulate them. Or those are, so those are often, major plan. Those are often the best villains. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's a good build-up, you know. Or yeah. They, you know, you can outsmart them. They've got to outthink them. So with Acts of Vengeance, um, this guy in a suit, I can't remember what they, oh no, I can't remember what they call him. That's really bad. It's one of my favorite stories, and I can't remember what they call him. He goes okay. by another pseudonym. Um, and he basically manipulates all the villains. So he gets the, the major bad guys at the time, which Doctor Doom, um, Red Skull, the Wizards, the Mandarin, Kingpin. Uh, I can't believe the Wizard is in that list. Uh, Magneto. And he basically gets them to coerce people to swap enemies right. to fight heroes they never fought before. Yeah. In the hope that that would that will defeat them. But the, the, while they do target. Wolverine, Spider-Man, and all these other characters, it's really about the Avengers. So the Avengers carried the banner, Acts of Vengeance, on top of their issues. Um, and the little corner, the little sidebar stories have the little corner bit. So, yeah, it's just, I just found it really fun, and I didn't really know who anyone was when I first read it. And it was just, it's really, really silly. It's so silly, but I just loved it. Um and I like that whole thing of like how everything's in disarray and we don't really know what's going on. Why are these people attacking us when we have no idea who they are? It was fun. It was a fun series to, if you were, um, it was a great way to make a person reading those issues of who, whatever character or team. It made you cross over to another villain, but not necessarily have to completely cross over in the miniseries. Yeah. It's like they showed up in a Fantastic Four book. It's like, that's not a Fantastic Four villain. But then you realize this is happening to everyone. And then when you read yeah. the epic collection of Spider-Man during that time and he's got that happening to him, you're like, oh, okay. This was, you know, happening around the whole company. That's kind of cool. Yeah. It was every title. Um, so I mean, I've got a reading order on the Marvel Comics Guide site, which I'll transfer over <clears throat> to the Omniverse one. Um, when when that launches, but um, it's probably one of the first ones I do just because I love it so much, and I don't I don't care how cheesy it is, <laughs> but it's quite funny though because a lot of the villain, a lot of the heroes end up fighting the same villains. <laughs> like Superman fights Titania again, he's fought to This isn't really the point. So there are some where you're going, no. It should have created new enmities as well. Like it should have. Sorry, who fought Titania? Yeah, who was it that fought him? Her? Uh, Spider Man. Oh, he'd already fought her before i thought you said superman for some reason i'm like did i say superman i might have done i don't know but i was like i, I don't want to i want to i don't want to be confused myself okay. i might have done that i have done that before but hey let's not forget stan lee did that in one issue of spider-man so did he really <laughs> he did 
Oh, I think it might be the first appearance of Doctor Octopus. He calls him Superman, but they've they've changed it in all the later reprints. Really? Yeah. Man, <clears throat> he even gets his name wrong. He even gets Peter Parker's name wrong. <sighs> what so did he call him? <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, so that's the, like the sidebar stuff. But the the main Avenger stuff at the time, like Scarlet Witch, is having a major breakdown, and there's mm. just there's they're all in disarray over on the West Coast team. And the East Coast team aren't really that much better. So it ended up changing the lineups for the two teams to a degree, like Vision switches. But Magneto, even though he doesn't seem to have many contacts to, <laughs> to provide bad guys, um, his role in it's quite interesting because he takes it as an opportunity to have his revenge on the Red Skull. Mm. So, of course, the, the arranger, I think he could, is it the master player, the arranger? I can't remember what he calls himself in it. It's so annoying. Um, yeah, basically, Loki's plan falls apart because he's chosen these villains and they're so treacherous because that's what happens. I mean, it's, it's it's so obvious, but there we go. It's just the way it, it pans out. But it's what's, I love that him coercing them and him getting the Red Skull and Magneto in the same room. Like, why didn't you think that was, that was a bad idea? Which which issues do these go through? So they go through um, the Avengers main series. So it's three one one to three one three. It's Avengers West Coast. I think it's fifty three to fifty five. Um, there's Avengers Spotlight as well, but I avoid those. They're not too good. I mean, it starts off in, in Avengers Spotlight twenty six with the Prison Breakout. Okay, um, but it's weird because like a lot of the reading orders not to sell. <laughs> what I work on so but a lot of the reading orders I found they don't factor in anything else that's going on in the Marvel Universe at the time so what I've worked out I think is the most accurate order to read it in um, but it does push the reveal quite early because he tries to recruit Apocalypse hmm. um, and he reveals himself to recruit Apocalypse and I kind of said that he it's who it was anyway obviously at this point but yeah it's 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 a tricky one to get in a good order, but um, apart from the the primary Avengers titles, it does jump into other titles like Cloak and Dagger eight and nine, the, all the Spider Man books, which is the Cosmic Spidey saga. Mm. But like the <clears throat> the villain in question is primarily moving around in the Avengers titles. <laughs> you gave it away by picking I know the villain. I gave it away. <laughs> I'm such a tit. <laughs> And now you're trying to take it back. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> the villain's Loki. It's a good Loki myself. story. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Is it in the John Byrne Avengers omnibus? Yes. Yeah, it's the Byrne era. It's the. It's towards the end of the Byrne era. Okay. Yeah, it's kind okay. of just before it finishes. Okay. Cool. I I, I have that, so I'm going to read that series, and it's the Avengers side of it because I've always seen. Um, snippets here and there and fantastic four and spider-man and all these different epics of that time it's like ah this is this is a cool this must be if you put it all together it must read rather interesting or you follow yeah. it um but yeah it's, it's coming out in another omnibus right i think they're doing that again reprinting it oh that's good i mean i, I do recommend it I think they previously released it i don't know how if they are reprinting it how they're doing it but they've done it before as acts of vengeance and then acts of vengeance like crossover companion i think yeah. it was or crossovers yeah yeah um and they've, they've redone it as trades so it's available in a few different ways 
Um, but yeah, it's, it's out there to get. It's just undeniably cheesy, but if you're happy with cheesy comics, then I fingers am. crossed you'll uh, you'll yeah. like it. I realize that uh, in doing this list, I like cheesy comics. I I really <laughs> I really enjoy the Avengers for some reason. I, I think they're my favorite a superhero team in comics. I'm not sure what wow. what it is specifically. I always like team books, I find. Once I get yeah. into them, I, I start like, ah, this is, I like this because when these books are, are hitting, if it's the X-Men, Avengers, Justice League, uh, Teen Titans, whatever team you're into, um, what's happening to those characters matters almost just as much as what's going on in their solo book. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and the, the Avengers can do that. The, I think the Avengers... Probably the equivalent for something like DC is the JLA, more so when it's the you know the the big members in that right. lineup. Um, but for Marvel, it's just what's interesting. I think it's like it's not like the X Men where Wolverine's got his own title, and it generally weirdly doesn't seem to impact very much. Um, but with the Avengers, like the Cap stories have to matter, and the Thor stories have to matter, and they still have to jump back in and do their stuff in the Avengers title. Um, but it works. I like how it how it works mm-hmm. so yeah it's, it's fun i think to, to kind of dip in and out and see how it because that's what brings the marvel universe together you that's, can see how that's it the thing together it really it? feels like a, a a big slice of the marvel universe you're gonna see everybody in the and not you don't get that as much in the x-men x-men become their own little no. silo you don't realize in, until i think like secret war it's like these guys don't really see each other they don't do team-ups the avengers and the x-men like they're not palling around no, not really. No. Um, there are a few occasions, but few occasions. They, I mean, they tend to fight. Yeah. So they, could, they could make the list. There you go. There you go. Okay. <laughs> um, they won't. <laughs> I had to, I had to, I did a lot of reading this week, actually, in preparation for this. I must have read, I don't know, upwards of 30 comics over the weekend. Yeah? Like, I did a lot of, it, some of it was not heavy dialogue, so... I'm not going to tell you what I read until later because it might give away answers. But I'm going to go with the Red Skull. Okay. If he counts as an – I think he counts as an Avenger villain. Yeah, he definitely counts. Um, And the one that I feel was – it stuck out in my head to want to reread and I I didn't remember it. But it is Red Skull, The Red Zone Mm -hmm. written by Jeff Johns. It's the only thing he's written in Marvel. I think the Avengers and the Vision miniseries, which was, I don't know if Morlocks. you remember. Pardon? And Morlocks. Morlocks. Did not know that. Yeah, the mini, little miniseries. But it, it is, the, his Avengers run, um, Jeff Johns' Avenger, Avengers run is very strong. It's overlooked and should be constantly in print because it's this weird little moment in time where it's, all of the people he would go and write classic books with at DC, and it's him and Ivan Race, him and Scott Collins, him and uh, Stephen Sadowski. Yeah. Uh, and there was one other artist that would work with him at DC, and it's not coming to mind now. But it's all the people he would eventually like go on and have long runs with. Olivier Coipel is the, is the artist on this story, and it's like... Yeah nice oh it's it's a good looking 
story. And like, because he redesigns the costumes for it as well for some of the characters. Yeah. Um, well and I, I like the redesign. Some people didn't. I think the war the warbird costume. Some people didn't like because it's not. It doesn't look like a superhero costume. But I think like why it doesn't need to. She's kind of an ex soldier. Yeah. An ex air force person. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's it's a it's a really good story. I again, it's it's I've done what you did. I spoiled the story. <laughs> By the thing is, the like, is, the hint is so obvious when they drop it. They're like, I don't care. That's part of the fun, right? It's that yeah. his name is hidden in an anagram. Is that what they call it? And yeah. you you know, it's during the uh, Bush-Cheney era of America. So he kind of fits the bill of the politician villain that you would have created in your mind of the time. And it's kind of scary because it's like... Uh, he unleashes what could essentially be a pandemic. Yeah. Right? To just take from from Mount Rushmore. I think that's where that's right. you know it's it's the the virus or whatever it is is housed there. And initial like it's it's a great story, great art. It's a slice of Avengers that is rare to have Jeff Johns who I, it made me want to see him like I thought to myself Jeff Johns, Olivier Coipel, Thor incredible that could really work he would definitely get that character because he i I feel he's not too bad with the cosmic stuff with the green lantern and the different Mm. you know like i I could imagine him handling that pretty cool and then i'm thinking to myself what about what about jeff johns and who is like another artist that he's known to work with um jeff johns and and doug monkey Doug Monkey, yeah. Gary Frank is in that book as well. He's the other artist in that book. Oh, he is, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. So it's like, what about Gary Frank, Jeff Johns, Captain America? Oh. I'd probably go back to Marvel. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, it made me think of the possibilities. Like, that would have been just as exciting to read his stories for those characters as he went on to do Flash and Hawkman and all that stuff. Green Lantern, blah, blah, blah. But yeah, I'm like, Ivan Race and Jeff Johns on, thinking to myself, what was what, what would have been another, the two of them on Avengers? Keep them on Avengers. Yeah, that could have been, that could have been really good fun. And that's the thing, I think, like, he does team books well. He really does. Um, and it was, it's interesting, actually, the Red Zone, because there's a lot of stuff that happens in it that you haven't seen before. Yes. You know, it doesn't even feel like a traditional Avengers story. No, it doesn't. I mean, like he includes the Black Panther, and Black Panther gets some really cool moments. Really cool moments. Yeah, it's not super dialogue heavy unless it needs to be. And when Uh, it is, you get these really cool character moments and interactions with Black Panther and Iron Man. It's just like he, he. You can tell that he got the voices of these characters pretty well. And it's coming off of the Kurt Busick run, which got really big plot, subplot ideas. And I feel yeah. that this, he changes the kind of course before Bendis does in a way. I know Bendis blows everything up, but John yeah. sets the table. It's a shame he didn't get to stay longer. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why he didn't stay longer. I don't know if he was just, there was too much stuff going on at DC. I think so. Um, but it was, 
it was just it was there was so much promise in that era. I mean, it's well worth reading. It's yeah. not to say that the promise didn't deliver in the parts that he did, but um, yeah, that could have been there could have been more because we got Chuck Austin <laughs> afterwards. How long was he on it for? Who Chuck Austin? Yeah, I think he did. Off the top of my head, I think he did two storylines, but I'm trying to remember. I think he did that terrible Captain Britain storyline with the female Captain Britain, and he did always an invader, which um, brought back the invaders with like US agent in a really. Do you odd... think he gets a bad rap? Like he was just in the wrong era? No, he was terrible. He got a lot of work. I don't know why he it was. Did, he did it was stuff bad. And, yeah, I mean, what the, I don't like what he did with Nightcrawler in terms of revealing stuff about his past. I don't like this whole thing about mutants can't get AIDS. It's like, what are you doing? Because of their their blood is different. I'm like, what? This isn't. This is just unnecessary. And um, and I think there was an interview he gave where he implied that Nightcrawler has two dicks. Oh, we've we've done the dick reference. Nightcrawler has two dicks. <laughs> you did it. Hey, we should take I got a drink. gag in there. We should take a drink every time you do that. <laughs> I'd be wasted. <laughs> he just made me spit dicks. That's how often just, Dave talks about time. dicks. He'd be wasted. <laughs> oh boy, Nightcrawler. Um, yeah, Red Zone. Red Zone's a really good choice. My only, my only regret is that um, I don't know how easy it is to find the complete collections that they put out, Volume One and Two, that has the the Vision storyline, which was very cool, and um, the entire run that he did there. They could make this a nice little omnibus. To be on, I don't know if there's yeah, some conflict of interest. I don't see why it's their property. But there's yeah. no reason why not, no, or yeah. even a deluxe or something. But um, it's they could 20, do any time they wanted. It's about twenty-four issues. That's quite a lot. Yeah, you could put that in a nice hardcover because well, it's, it's is, worthwhile. Didn't to they read. do Devil Dinosaur, which is like six issues as an omnibus? <sighs> did they really? Yeah, that doesn't. It's one of the first ones they did. I think the best ones. One of the first ones. Oh, first one. That's yeah. Funny. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I mean, the Uncanny Avengers um, from Remender, I think it's about 26 issues or so, unless there's a miniseries or annuals in there. It's not that... I mean, those Captain America omnibuses that they put out there for the Brubaker, which are like 400 mm. pages. Like, They're short. Yeah. I'm sure they could do a nice complete avengers omnibus of jeff johns and all the i would recommend there was a few stories in there where i thought if i if this villain was a little bit more well known maybe i'd include it but the the the, the red zone red zone's really good and not a lot of dialogue full of like good action it's the it adds to the pace really does it's not a huge amount of dialogue and it's, yeah. it feels like an action film it really does yeah it was it, when I read it. I, I was thinking to myself, "Well, this would have been a really cool Avengers movie, to be honest, or or one that they would today if they were to do another one. I'd like to see something more like this that doesn't have to be multiverse and exhausting. Just a, it feels like they could do it as a TV series tie-in, maybe or something like that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's good stuff, good character stuff. 
It's so, good stuff. Rest Actually, that called, dinosaur omnibus, by the way, was nine issues. Oh, that's the smallest man. omnibus they've done. It's not an omnibus. It's barely a trade. <laughs> Silly. How much was it for? Seventy-five dollars. It's currently going for a hundred and ten pounds. Ridiculous. Because it's really hard to get hold of. That's ridiculous. All right, Dave. Number two. What do you got? Who do you got? So, okay, this is going to be another one of those. Seriously. Oh yeah. That sucked moments, but <laughs> I loved it, and I don't care. So, um, <laughs> there are a lot of stories with the Avengers fighting the Avengers, and there, it's funny because I'm. Um, it wasn't really an argument I got into on Facebook, <laughs> but I think there was someone was saying something oh, about how, trolling. like, oh, the modern modern day characters, the the heroes are always fighting heroes. Um, and I was saying, like, but they've always done it. It's been a tradition since forever yeah. that the heroes fight heroes. Yeah, like from the go back to the sixties, that's how they've always interacted. First, it's almost been the running joke, right? You know. Um, but with this, so the Avengers have fought the Avengers on a couple of occasions. My pick for villains are the Dark Avengers. So while there was some backlash about Dark Reign, which took place after Secret Invasion, mm-hmm. I loved it. I absolutely loved that era. Just, I mean, in a lot of ways, it's similar to Acts of Vengeance, so maybe that's probably why I love it so much. But it's the, the bad guys take over. Norman Osborn's in charge of what was S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, he gets the keys to Avengers Mansion. He runs the um, Superhero Registration Act. Essentially, he's got the keys to that, but he doesn't know who's who. He doesn't know the secret identities, but he's trying to find that out. Um, and that's the thing like with that, because it, kind of it is kind of a crossover, but also not. So you can just read it in New Avengers for the most part, follow the story in there, it ends in Siege. So, I mean, it's not a one-story deal. Um, Because actually, yeah, there's Dark Avengers. They've got their own series in Dark Avengers, but they're occasionally battling or building up to the battle with the new Avengers because they actually... That hits in Siege. So to recommend a a single story, it would be Siege, but it's not. It's just the era. So, like, that's as a golden era of a genuine repeat threat that goes on for quite some time, and I think it plays out really nicely. It's Dark Avengers, so it's... It kind of marks the end of the first Bendis run on New Avengers. Um, and that's kind of where it should have stopped. But I think they should have handed the reins over because um, it was just, it was so much fun. Um, and then putting it back to the traditional Avengers after that, I was like, okay. Is that when Ramita Jr. came on, on art? Yeah, that's when he, he put Captain America and Thor and Iron Man back on the team, had Ramita Jr. Then he had his New Avengers series with... Luke Cage, Spider-Man, Wolverine, and Stuart Eminem, who I love. But um, it was just, I mean, because Stuart Eminem drew the majority of the Dark Reign era, where they go up against the Dark Avengers and the Cabal. Um, So it's all kind of interconnected. So essentially, my choice is sort of Norman Osborn, really. But I like to think of it more as Dark Avengers, because they, it was quite an interesting pick for a team as well, because... They basically, he had his own, he was the Iron Man versions with Iron Patriot. Then they had an evil Wolverine with Darken. They had Moonstone as Ms. Marvel. They had Bullseye as Hawkeye, Venom as Spider-Man. Like, and and people are cheering them on. Yeah. Yeah, they were kind of, they were kind of a legitimate pick 
for a, a, a Dark Avengers, but they're almost like uh, Thunderbolts. Yeah, they basically were as well. Because right. the Thunderbolts team, he picked his key members out of that team. Yeah, threw in some extras, like he kept um, Ares from Mighty Avengers at the time. He included Marvel Boy to be his Captain Marvel, who was Novar from the Grant Morrison miniseries. So some interesting characters in that lineup. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it largely spun out of Thunderbolts. But it was just funny because you kind of go, yeah, but no one would ever vote in someone who's clearly a bad guy. I'd be happy to have him there. Yeah. Anyway. Um. <laughs> Dave would. That's cool, though. I like, I like that, that it's, a, it's, it's also an era to read. Again, that's readily available, I think, to find it digitally or in collections and all kinds of stuff. But that is kind of cool to, to have a few years worth of reading the, yeah. these characters. It's hundreds of issues. I, I did a, a bold um, pick. <clears throat> so, yeah, it's, it's not a small pick. It's not like your six issue bullshit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Here, it's, I'm um, three it's issue a dark green. <laughs> There's a dark green reading order on the Marvel Comics Guide site. Um, and there aren't many accurate reading orders around. I haven't actually seen one that I think is accurate. And that's not me being pretentious. A lot of people just go, you read this trade, this trade, this trade. And it's like, it doesn't really work that way. This was an era when monthly comics were still on a high. So there is a better way to read it. So if you want to know how to read Dark Rain, there is a reading order on the Marvel Comics Guide site. At the moment, my voice sounds really weird today. <clears throat> um, yeah, go there. Have a look. It's great. I did a lot of, put a lot of work in. <laughs> No kidding. It took well, three months. <laughs> it for, was a big job. Wow. For dark, yeah, go check it out. This guy <laughs> toiled over this. Wow, that's crazy. Okay. Um, Your number four, sir. Num- my number four. Oh, yeah. My number. Okay. I, I got confused. I'm like, we're already on number four. Okay. <laughs> I am going to do something obvious before you do it. <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> but I'm going to pick this is the interesting thing about the Avengers and their villains is that some of their greatest villains are their teammates <laughs> and I think it goes at this point without saying that the Scarlet Witch is is she a Avenger or is she a villain of the Avengers now with the way, way the MCU is going they're really exploring that um there's a lot of stories you can pick from when it comes to the Scarlet Witch losing her shit. But the one I'm going to go with, it isn't so much that she is directly the villain, um, per se, but it's that you get a real backstory into where her and her brother come from, which you get a glimpse of that in the Doctor Strange movie, the Multiverse of Madness. And it's Knights of Wondergore. Ah, nice. Avenger or the Yesterday Quest. It depends which one you want to go with. Because it's been collected as the Yesterday Quest, but it's also been collected as the Knights of Wondergore. And it's it's kind of like, it's. I'm not saying it's comparable at all. But in the way that it's read, you kind of got to read it the same way you read the Dark Phoenix Saga. Where the actual story is maybe like three issues, but... At, that, at this time of comic book publishing, there were subplots in every issue. So this is, yeah. this is Avengers 181, 
to 187. It's written by Dave Michelinie, who scripted it. But the plot and the story is from Mark Grunewald. Ah. And it's drawn by John Byrne. It's drawn by John Byrne. So just for that, it's like, I don't know if John Byrne was on X-Men yet. So this might be pre-X-Men John Byrne doing Avengers, which is really cool. I'm not sure. I'm going to have to look it up because I can't remember off the top of my head if he'd done Avengers yet. I think it might be before, but I don't want to commit. So while you look that up, this story is basically uh, an an origin. It's around the same time. It's around the same time. Wow, that's cool. So that for, for people who don't know, John Byrne is one of the most you know legendary comic book writers, artists. We talk about him frequently. But at this time, he was still just a, a newbie. So to look back and see him doing this work that becomes pretty... Um, well, I mean, the, the Multiverse of Madness, she goes to Mount Wondergore and she's reading from the Darkhold, which is from this book. That's where it comes from. So if you want to know where they get those cool, cool ideas... This is a cool story to read about Wanda, seeing her kind of show that potential of the, the villain she she can become. You really see it here on full display. I don't know if it's the first time. But I she, think it is the first time. But she was originally a villain mm. against the Avengers. So it was fitting that she could be manipulated again. And I, I enjoyed going back and... Uh, glimpsing into different eras of the Avengers as we did this list. And this was one of those, like, should I? Wanda, what's a good Wanda? The other one I read, and I don't know if this is on your list, the other one I had never read before, and I read for the first time, was House of M. Oh, really? You not read it before? I had not read it before. I read it this weekend for the first time. Just the eight-issue miniseries. So I know that there's yeah. a lot that... It's not on my list, so we can... We can... <clears throat> yeah. I should have maybe saved that to the end, but it was a Wanda story of her being much, like... She could be so villainous that the premise of the story is, do we kill her or not? Yeah, basically, yeah. Right. That's the debate as to whether or not she should die and then it's taken out of their hands. Right, right. So, and that's another one of those, if you like the Multiverse of Madness, Wanda, that's a story you can read along with Knights of Wondergore. And you kind of see where they got their ideas from. Yeah, I think if, if you chuck in Darker Than Scarlet. Yep, yep. Yeah, that's kind of the not trilogy, but yes. they're quite far apart, aren't they? One's seventies, one's nineties. Is Darker Than um, Scarlet nineties? Yeah, early. It's just into nineteen ninety, so it's straight after Acts of Vengeance. Okay, Acts of Vengeance again. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, and Darker Than Scarlet was one of those potential picks for Wanda as the villain because she was. She leaves an impression in that book. Like, what a She bitch. leaves a big impression on Wonder Man's balls. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say that. But it didn't look like it, he had a good time. <laughs> I think we did mention that before. But it's did. still it's it stayed with me for a long time. Yeah. So that's my, that's my pick for Wanda as one of the best Avenger villains. Not Maybe people are listening going, you dick. Who's going to read Knights of Wonder Gore? It's a yeah, definitely. Because funny enough, I was—I I, don't—I'm assuming you, this is not on your list, but I almost picked the Absorbing Man story from there. Just because I've got a soft spot for the Absorbing Man, I didn't realize I had until really. recently. Yeah, and he's—he's he's, uh, featured in these stories leading up to the three issues. Oh, it's before. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, I thought it was—I thought it was just after. No, he's just before. I need to read those again. Yeah, it's a fun, fun little book. Hmm. 
Okay, we on to number five. Okay, we're on to number five. It's a little bit of an obvious one, hmm. but I'm going to go with it anyway. We have kind of talked about it before, so I might not go on about it for too long. Um, but it's Thanos, who I don't generally see as an Avengers villain. Yes. Despite the films. Yes. Um, and it's the final threat. Son of a bitch. That was on my list. Oh, dude. No, it's so good. It's so good. However anyone can get their hands on this book, get it. Yeah. Go ahead. Prattle on. It's aged so well. Oh. It's aged really well. So it's, what, 1977, I think? So it even know. predates Duncan and, um, not Duncan's color, um, Knights of Wondergore. Oh, is it is it that one year apart from it? Because I think Knights of Wondergore was 78. Two. 70, yeah. I think Knights of Wondergore apparently was 79. 79, okay. Yeah. Oh, no, actually, that must mean Frozen. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that was about the same time as, as he was on X-Men. He was very busy, John Byrne, around yeah. that time, wasn't he? I don't know it's how insane he that he could draw that that much stuff. But, any, but anyway, um, yes, so the final threat is Avengers Annual Number 7. Um, it features, it basically wraps up the, the Thanos story that Jim Starlin started in Iron Man 55 of all random places. Um, so that first storyline with the Thanos War, the Avengers did kind of, well, they didn't, I don't think they actually fought him directly in that, in that storyline. They fought the controller. And I think like the team is, the is, team is split, the right? There's a moment where the team is split. Yeah. And Warlock is with them. So one half of the I I don't want to oh in, in the final conf, in the final yes, threat yeah yes 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 yeah but in, in I think in Thanos War they don't they're involved in it but they don't because it's more of a Captain Marvel story yes um, whereas with the final threat they actually face yes Thanos uh, with Warlock and it's just if you've read the Warlock story before it which um, I've <laughs> just plugging myself tonight dude there it's do I've, it. Shameless. And it is homecoming to the Marvel Comics Guide site, which is actually technically, if you read that storyline with others, it, um, it you get a bigger picture of the of the shared universe at the time, which is quite quite. I love doing those ones because they're not actually connected; they're not crossovers. But you get a bigger picture. But you can read those Warlock issues on their own. So it's the issues where Warlock fights the Magus, and he he teams up with Thanos against him. Yes. Um, so it's they've kind of been allies more than anything. And then in the build-up to it, oh, no, that was the Infinity Effect. And then it, there's a little bit where he appears in a storyline I've basically called Homecoming, but um, Thanos briefly appears and says that basically he needs to take Warlock out. And then it all culminates in Avengers Annual 7 and Marvel 2-in-1 Annual Number 2. Um, but man. Avengers Annual 7, is the, that's the strongest chapter. Yeah. And his art is really, it's probably the best his art had been at the time, Jim Starling. Yeah. I, um, if you like Thanos from the movies, if you think he's a cool villain, I highly recommend the Infinity Origin, the Thanos Wars, Infinity Origin Omnibus, I forget what it's called. Yes. But it collects everything Dave is talking about in its entirety, and it is epic. It is Saturday morning cartoon at its finest, but it is philosophical, and it. I just it's read it. As it's hell. trippy as hell. It's so cool. 
what Jim Starlin was doing at that time and the way that the story wraps up with Final Threat. Wow. Yeah. It's really rewarding. It I mean, really the, is. It's funny to think that the people still seeing comics as being stories for kids. I read that, that as a 38-year-old man, which is yeah. in the last year, and it's I, probably the one thing I would always keep on my shelf out of everything Marvel. Like I would not let go of that. It's well, a great is, pick. I think great. I appreciate it more as an adult, and I think I was probably 38 before I realized how good it was. <laughs> <laughs> so I read it as a kid going, okay. Yeah. Can you pass me? Can you roll one of those and just pass it? Yeah. <laughs> It's great. still not making sense. But I mean, the thing is, you can see the evolution of Jim Starlin's writing and art over the course of that period. I'm not a huge fan of the Thanos War storyline until towards the end. Um, it's it's kind of hokey. It is. It's fun. It is. And it, it just gets, it gets, it elevates as he's allowed to spread his wings more and more, Jim Starlin. Yeah. You, you can see what he really wants to do. And he's kind of got to use, you know, the Rick Jones and Marvel character in, in this way that is still kid friendly, I guess you could say. But you can yeah. see where he's trying to go, and with Warlock, he gets there. He does. It's it's just such a strange thing to have a philosophical thing. He also pokes fun at, at Marvel in that Infinity Effect storyline. Um, pokes fun at Stanley and Len Wein. Oh, really? Yeah, but they're anagrams. Oh, okay. I got to pay attention. I think they run the thousand clowns thing, which is a really weird bit. Yeah. um, That's where it really grows. That's where Thanos and Warlock first interact. But as as an Avengers villain, he first really becomes Avengers villain in Avengers annual number seven. And it's, it's a hell of an ending, but I do recommend reading the infinity effect first because it's, there's such a big payoff at the end of the um, final threat. Great pick. I'm happy you picked it because I wouldn't have been able to talk about it as eloquently as you did and remember all the issues. It was great. Um, Thanks, dude. I don't know what this story is called, but my next pick, my next pick is going to be a Kang choice. And there's a lot. I think the best Avenger stories are usually involving Kang. Yeah. Um, I, I totally feel the same. <laughs> if, it, if you asked me a question once, I don't know if this is spoiling or burying the lead, but you actually said, would you want to do uh, an episode on the top five villains that you would want to have Omnibus for? I'd like a Kang yeah. Omnibus. Yeah, I would. Yeah. If, if it includes some of the things that it could, like Kang Dynasty or yes. Avengers Forever or, I don't know, the one I just showed you before when we started... I think there's something there. You can almost have that Jim Starlin warlock effect where when you put it all together and you see how these different writers have continued the space and time exploration of Kang. Yeah. What a trick they pull off. It's it's funny as well because they technically, the order it happens doesn't technically have to be the order it happens in. True. It's the beauty of a time travel character. I have done a reading order. God, another plug. I have done a reading order for, <laughs> for Kang, but I do need to add to it. Um, so I probably won't add to it until it's redone for the Omniverse, but you can see how it slots together because he's been Ramad Tut, yeah. Scarlet Centurion. He's been um, the Iron Patriot. 
um, what we did? Immortus? Well, yes. So he, becomes, he diverges into Immortus. So yes. um, I am going to do an Immortus reading order just because I'm fascinated with the time travel characters. I love them. Yeah, and, and I like that. Okay, so the pick that I have, I don't know what the story is called because Kang Dynasty is most famously known as the Kurt Busiek, the end to his run. But yeah. in these issues, they refer to the, the finale of the story to be the Kang Dynasty. And what I'm talking about is issues, Avengers issues 267 to 269. I think that's often called the Once and Future Kang. Once and Future Kang. Thank you. So that's my that's pick, boring. the Once and Future Kang. You got Roger Stern. You got John Buscema, Tom Palmer. It's just beautiful to look at. It is at. great. Oh I nearly had that on my list. I'm it's been so long since I've read it. I read it I this morning. I, I can't remember it. Oh, I read it I'm last really night, and I read it. Read it this, <laughs> I read it last night and this morning. And I'm, it's not that it's the best Kang story because they're all pretty interesting. Yeah. Right. They are. But this is one of those ones that that um, it's short three issues but you get a lot of story and you get a lot of intel on the history of Kang that you get in other books but this I, I don't know if they had one so detailed like the way Roger Stern kind of played it out and explained why there's so many divergent ones and what he does every time he time travels and the effect that I'm like I'm happy that they're giving it a consequence because if you once you introduce time travel and you are careless with it it completely is useless it's it's the rule of the marvel universe though you know especially with the introduction of what if yeah in the 70s if if something happens slightly differently it creates a divergent timeline but with kang that didn't seem to really happen and i don't think it really i don't think they really addressed it until that story yeah that three-parter um they i don't want to spoil Kang War for you either, but they, they go into it in terms of the connection between those those um, Ramatat and all those other characters. That's I think that's first addressed in there in Kang War, but it's they they try and tidy it up. It's the first time someone kind of went, "Hang on, let's just make sense of this." And also, while we're making sense of this, let's add a whole new layer of a of a Council of Cross Time Kangs. I mean, that in itself, just I love saying those words together, a Council of Cross Time Kangs. And then it just, it threw another aspect in that made sense. Excuse me. And, and for all of those MCU fans who might be listening to this because they think it ties in, if you like the Loki television show, a lot of that sort of Kang council that you were getting a, a hint of, I feel this was kind of the basis for where you end up getting that sort of thing. It's highly likely, yeah. So just a little tie-in. If you want to see where things come from, you want to see where they get these cool ideas for the television shows that you are all loving, these comics do it. They're big they ideas. Do. They're big ideas, and they, and they have to really make them work because when, as much as the dialogue of these comics from the 70s and the 80s, it's heavier dialogue, it's being written for... You can feel the, the, the audience growing through the decades that they kind of switch dialogue a touch and how people yeah. talk to each other. But you set that aside. Like 
just go with it and realize that at this time of publishing, they really had to pay respects or make sure that things made sense. Yeah, that's. I mean, that was also around the time of the Marvel handbook, right? Um, so you could see they were really starting to try and bring the universe together, the timeline together, to make sure it did all make sense. And I right. think one of the benefits that came from that was the writers were really thinking about the impact of everything and how people's abilities worked and what the fallout of doing such and such a thing would be. And this is very much one of those stories. And it's, it's funny because you see these, these kind of ideas being used in TV shows and films now. And I'm look, watching them going, they did this in 1987 <laughs> in the Avengers. Yeah, and it's cool for, for people our age where it's like, I told you guys this was cool when I was 10. <laughs> you guys used to beat me up for this. Now you all think you're smart, like bastards. <laughs> I had one guy the other day, he came up to my car early in the morning because we just park on the street by the job site. He's like, what are you doing? And I said, I'm reading my comics. He's like, you're reading comics? I go, yeah, you want some? I got plenty at home. I could bring you some. He's like, no, I'm a grown man. I don't read comics. Because, but don't get me wrong. I love my Marvel movies. Every weekend, watch my Marvel movies. Don't get me. I go, yeah, I get it. I go, these are better. And I roll my window up. <laughs> like a pretentious dick. Well, it's like, yeah, people are, I don't know. I think people, it's this weird thing of like, you're reading a coloring book. It's like, yeah, but you're watching one. Yeah, they are. If anything, they're watching the more dumbed down nice version. Page. They are watching the dumbed down version. Totally. Because like, not to go on a tangent, but that last Thor movie is not a Thor comic. They I didn't see it. Don't bother. I mean, unless you want to laugh. Know. My wife wants to watch it, so we'll yeah, I mean, probably see it. it I don't want to watch it. Yeah. Anyways, let's talk about good things that we like. Dave, yeah. your next pick. Ooh. My next pick is going to be... Um, I'm not going to choose the thing I was going to choose. Why? I'm going to choose something else. Ah. Uh. So my number three is the technically the Masters of Evil. Um, so the Masters of, just as a brief overview, the Masters of Evil first appeared in the 60s and it was the villains that appeared in, in a lot of the other titles, like in Iron Man's Tales of Suspense stories and um, Contra, I think it was actually in them. A lot of them seem to be Iron Man enemies. <laughs> Uh, Thor's one of Thor's enemies, and they a couple of Thor's enemies actually, and then they were led by a cat villain who was introduced mm. in the story. So that was the original Masters of Evil with the first Baron Zemo, and then years later we've mentioned that Baron Zemo's son led a whole army of villains against the Avengers um, in Under Siege. But I'm jumping ahead again to 1998 when the, the Thunderbolts made their first appearance in, in Thunderbolts. Well, no, they made their first appearance in, God, it was Incredible Hulk 448, I think. Um, but you didn't know who these new heroes were. And they were unmasked in Thunderbolts number one. Spoiler alert, as the Masters of Evil, led by Baron Zemo as Citizen V. So you knew at some point this was going to come to a head. And it comes to a head in 
let's write this down. This is a bit I couldn't remember. It was Thunderbolts 10 to 12. Um, so it's basically the Thunderbolts stroke Masters of Evil versus the Avengers. And it's when the Avengers had just come back from their holiday on Counter-Earth after they died <laughs> fighting Onslaught. So they did Heroes Reborn. While Heroes Reborn was happening, they introduced the Thunderbolts. And then because Heroes Reborn was, was a categorical disaster, they brought the Avengers and Fantastic Four back. Of course, who's living in, who's sleeping with the Fantastic Four's wife? Who's who's living in the event, the Fantastic Four's home? It's Thunderbolts. So they basically took over Four Freedoms Plaza and made it Thunderbolt Tower or whatever it was. Um, so you're like, this is going to come to a head, man. This has to, this has to happen. Oh, but the thing is, you were kind of expecting them to be revealed against their will. And in issue 10, Baron Zemo, or it might be issue nine, actually, I think it's nine, Baron Zemo just kind of goes, you know what, fuck it, yeah, we're the Masters of Evil, bye. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) And then he builds up to this fight at the end where he just goes, I'm just going to have to move my plan forward. Like, okay, I kind of, at the time, I didn't really like that idea, but I like it now because shit happens, (laughs) you know? Plans change, and his plans change. So good. But it's it's so much fun, man. And it's um Kurt, you can say the name surname from Kurt Music. Yeah. And Mark Bagale. It's Mark <laughs> Bagley. I can say that one. Mark Bagley. Um on that well if you go from machine nine, I mean no, don't go from machine nine. Issues issue one to twelve. To twelve. Technically you could chuck in Tales of the Marvel Universe number one in there beforehand. By the omnibus. It's worth By it. The <laughs> this was on my list. Was it? I had Baron Zemo, and I said, "I'm, it's, I'm picking Baron Zemo because of the the Thunderbolts. He's so yeah. cool." Yeah. And I loved it. Just loved it. They I loved it too. Him. And and I said, the Avengers will show up for a little bit, but this is really an in-house fight, and they're just gonna make it. They're gonna round it out. But what a good, what a good twelve issues. I haven't finished that omnibus yet, but I just, it's just a joy. For me to I'm read. not reading it. I'm not reading it until I've got volume three, then I'm going to do a whole reread for the first time since 1990, whatever it was. Because, so of course, like it went for 75 issues. Yeah, it's, The it's, relaunch wasn't great. Not going to lie, but the 75-issue run was brilliant. They're, they're, put, they're talking all about the casting for the Thunderbolts movie or possible casting and have no interest in it. Because Thunderbolts... No it's not the thunderbolts if baron zemo doesn't put the team together and the characters in it are d-list characters for a reason mm-hmm. like keep it like that i know that they sounds grow those characters so well and the 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 way that the team is picked for the use of each character is so smart especially yeah. moonstone oh, i love moonstone she's so good I in this love book moonstone yeah, she's great. so good. She's yeah. remained one of my favorite characters just because she's such a cow in the series. She's kind of like Emma Frost in the X Men before Emma Frost was in the X Men. Yes, yes, true, true. That's a great pick. I was gonna save it for the end because I I'm like oh, Baron Zemo's got to be there. But uh, okay, I'm gonna go very obvious. If you look at any list, this will probably be there. And this is Ultron Unlimited. Avengers series number three, is it? Volume, yeah. Volume yeah. three. 
believe it's, it's written right. by Kurt Busick again. His name comes up again mm-hmm. with the Avengers. And Glad drawn by George Perez. It's uh, it's basically, again, you plug the website. I'm going to say if you like the movie, read this comic, you dork. <laughs> Age of Ultron, the movie, is basically a ripoff of this comic book, which is better yes. than the movie. Total ripoff. Oh, the comic is so much better than the film. The film, I enjoyed the film. I enjoyed the film enough that I wanted to read the comic. I'm like, where did they get this story from? Because this is kind of cool. Uh, but when okay. I read when I read the comic, I'm like, the book is always better. I'm one of those guys. Like the book is always better, but it made the movie made me appreciate. Like that must have been a cool comic book story because yeah. this guy lifting up an island and not giving a shit about the people on it, and there's just an army of him. Yeah, great. Like you really. It's so much darker. It's darker. The comic book yeah. is scarier. Uh-huh. The comic book has higher stakes. And you really. What's interesting about the Avengers as a team, as I was going through some of these stories, is that they're often in. They they lose. They lose so yeah. often where they're out of their depth, and if it isn't um, some sort of cosmic act, something completely out of their power, where someone changes their mind. Like there's often times where the Avengers are in positions where we're helpless. Hopefully, someone just reverts time. Like we've lost. Essentially, right? And in this case... Superman needed to fly around the Earth several times. Exactly. And in Ultron Unlimited, I think it's the first time in the Kurt Busiek run where you're just like, whoa, these these are... Stakes are high. Yeah. And he ends it with a home run, I think, as well. But that's the one where you're just like, holy. I think it... I think as much as I love the Kang Dynasty... Um, I think I think Ultron Unlimited is the highlight of that entire run. I think that's fair. I mean, it, having read Avengers Forever again recently and Ultron Unlimited recently, I think I'm bordering on preferring Ultron Unlimited at this point because it's not a tidy up. Avengers Forever is a tidy up, and it's hard to recommend Avengers Forever. Yeah, because it's you have to know your history. Or you've got to be nerdy enough to understand the page at the back where it's all the references and be like, okay, this is referring to issue whatever, whatever, whatever. Yeah. But if I, I yeah. don't think it, I don't think it's what you would give to a new comic book fan. God no, they would just <laughs> they'd be so lost. Yeah. No, it's just, so like as a Kang story, it's probably the best Kang story. Ultron. Or you mean um, Dynasty? No, I mean like. Um, Avengers Forever. Yes, yes, oh yes. But I wouldn't recommend it to newbies. No. Um, whereas with, with Ultron, even if you've never read an Ultron story, it's four issues. It does tie back to the history because yes. it's all about that family. So it relates back to the... There's a two-parter in Avengers West Coast that it ties back to with War Toy, which was always a bit of a creepy <laughs> addition to his history. Um, and right the way back to his beginnings being created by Hank Pym. So there's a weird, there's a creepy family element to the Avengers. And rather than kind of go, oh, it's fine. He just he plays into it completely, shamelessly, and makes it creepier somehow. Yeah. It's, it's good. a good fun story. It, yeah. And it, it, it takes what is essentially your your quintessential superhero 
book at the time and makes you actually get scared. Because it's George Perez. When George Perez draws, he, he, he draws superheroes the way you imagine them in your mind. But there's yeah. moments in there where you feel like people died. Like that's all. That, yeah. It feels like you feel it. It's it's called gravity. Yeah, it so has. It's that. funny as well because that country wasn't a new country invented for that story. They'd invent they they'd thrown that into continuity in a previous story in Force Works. It's not very well known. Um, so it's not just something they they didn't just invent that country to wipe it out. It was part of the landscape. Right. So he wipe, He didn't just wipe out something he put out. Like, land. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it was it was big. I mean, like that is that is something they've never done with him before. He's killed, but that's big. Yeah, it was massive. It, it was as a body ex- count. It's probably the highest body count in Avengers story that I can think of. Yeah, it was an extinction level event, and you felt like, how did they get out of this? Yeah, yeah. Ultron. My pick. Nice. My really nice choice. Pick. Thank you. Thank you. This is your number nine? This is my, my number one. Our number nine. Yeah. Uh, you're, this is your number one pick. That yeah. Great. Let's go. And I'm really torn. I'm really, really torn. After I've just kind of mentioned it, and I'm picking between two. Do you know what I'm going to do? I'm not going to pick Avengers Forever. Um, but it's Kang. Because I love Kang so much. Like he's, I saw. Did I tell you I saw a video on YouTube? There's this guy that I'm. I'm not going to mention his name. I may have said this before. I'm not going to mention his name because it annoys me where people will have a YouTube channel just to talk about how much they hate everything. Mm. Um, I know sometimes we'll bitch about shit. Yeah, yeah. It's part of the thing. It's, but it's not like a, just a constant negativity. We're talking about our five favorite about. stuff right now. Well, exactly, yeah. yeah. There we go. This guy was talking about how much he hates Kang with no real reason. And it just, like, I, and the thing is, like, the, a lot of the argument is, is just, it doesn't make any sense. I don't give a shit if it doesn't make any sense. I love time travel stuff. Yeah. So Me the too. thing with the Kang dynasty is that he's, he's traveled, he's got his army from various different points in time. And he's brought them to our time. He knows what's coming. And actually, Kang is here to head all this shit off and save us. He's technically the good guy, which leaves the Avengers in a situation where they're they're kind of wrong to fight him. It's it's really well done. It's really well done. It takes, it plays out for like, it's like a year, essentially. 15 issues. 15 issues. I just, again, another one of those things that I just read. I was on vacation and I brought three chunky trades, but I had never completed the Avengers Assemble era of Busick. And I knew that what was coming up was the Kang Dynasty. I said, just read that and see how it goes. It is epic. It is one of those things where you're just like, there's so many subplots. And he yeah. really tries his best to use everything that he's built up to count now. Now, does it all work? I don't know. But um, it's quite it's quite the experience. You could kind of go from three issues beforehand um, and extend it to 18. There's a storyline with um, an island of hulks. But I, think it's, I think there's a load of hulks in Greece or something like that. Yeah, really yeah, story. yeah, yeah, that's right. But he appears, he starts appearing in that. Yes. So I did put a reading guide together for it, and I included those where I, where I didn't last time. 
that just makes it more complete. But it does spin off into Avengers Annual 2001 um, as well. And there's an Ultron imperative one shot, which isn't very good. I didn't really. But it's I one of the threats that. he mentions. So it's when that threat That's actually. Right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's just quite a messy. There's, there's like a team of artists. Yeah. On it. And it's like, it doesn't really work. It but that's the only downside to it. I think, like, even though I didn't really like the triune understanding thing, um, it pays off. That's, you know? that's the thing. It, it pays off and, it, and it's quite threatening. And the, and the cool thing about this story is that the Avengers are really spread thin. Yeah, some of them are captured. Some of, they're in different places. Yeah. It, it's your Empire Strikes Back effect. Really, it really is. And when they bring Kang now, I don't know. You're you're plugging the website. I'm plugging the movies. It's really weird. It's not on purpose, people. I'm just thinking in terms of it's unavoidable because everything is Avengers now. Yeah. And the new villain is Kang. That's going to take center stage, and that's for a reason. Because yes, yes. And what's cool about that is it could go into some really, it could go so many places. And I don't know which one would be the most palatable. Well, do you know what? I just had an idea, something they could do. Um, so I nearly included The Gatherers, because like, even though no one likes that story, I've got a soft spot for that story, that storyline, just because I love the, the alternate universe stuff. And it's basically a team of bad guy Avengers from alternate universes. They could do that. You know, you can't have um, Robert Downey Jr. now. He's dead, but you could have Robert Downey Jr. from an alternate universe as an true. evil Iron Man. True, true. You know, you could have an evil Vision. You can have an evil Cap. You could, you know. It is. It is a way to a bring. Yeah, it's true. It is. It is also a way to cheat and bring people back. Of course. Yeah. Which is kind of what they did with Vision in the actual Gatherer storyline. Interesting. I never read that stuff. It's it's not great, but I do kind of like it. I, sometimes I like a thing that tries to do a thing. Yeah, no, I even totally if it doesn't it. succeed, and it's I it's totally, quite epic. Yeah, I totally get it. No, it has its audience. There were people who who were into that whole era of the Avengers, and it and people kept stuck with it. And it's got good art. It's taking chances. Steve yeah, Epting is it's on there. Epting. Yeah, it's good stuff. No, it's worthwhile to check that out. Um, man, I am stumped now because I was going to be cool picking Baron Zemo with the Thunderbolts, but they <laughs> beat me to it. I'm so sorry. No, but there's I'm a lot. I'm also of... not. Pardon? I'm also not. <laughs> no, you, I'm so happy you picked it. Um, okay, this is my last pick. Probably not my number one, but. Someone stole that. What a mm-hmm. bastard. No, you know what? I don't. I didn't really have anything in order, but so everything we've mentioned so far, I guess we could go over like a, a little list of honorable mentions of things that are definite must reads in the Avengers that we didn't list. Avengers Forever, we talk about all the time, so I didn't feel I didn't yeah. feel we need to bring that up. Um, what's another one we often speak? Okay, I'm gonna go with the obvious: Under Siege, Baron Zemo. I, mean, I kind of feel like it should be there. It this should one of those always, things where like, yeah. there is no definitive list, but actually, that it, should be there. It should be there. It's it's a story that isn't cosmic. It's very grounded. It's very much, um, it's very character driven. 
and you yeah. and you see a lot of the characters that are part of the Avengers teams broken down in ways that just make you go, "Ooh, this is this is a bad one," and it seems so goofy on the surface. Like the premise of it seems so silly until you get to some parts where you're just like, "Damn, that hurts." Yeah, it's it's a really good. It's the climax of the Roger Stern era, which we spoke speak about often as well. We did the Legacy of Thanos. We've done now uh, the Kang yeah. time and time again, or the Once and Future Kang. Under Siege is definitely worthwhile. I, I don't know how much more I have to say. Again, John Buscema, Tom Palmer on the art. If- I think you're right, though, because it does have that slightly comic booky build up with a lot of costume bad guys going bad and growling at each other um but it was a it was a very different way of telling that story because you're looking at this going shit they this they, they've they've won them they're not going to win this they've actually lost regardless because even if when they come out the other side of this this burns yeah yeah no they feel the effects of that they reference it they often talk about the time the Masters of Evil broke into Avengers Mansion and nearly killed us. Mm-hmm. It's it's a lesson learner. It's always something that the Avengers go back and are like, remember that time? Yeah. Because that's the thing. Like They'd had other Masters of Evil as well with Egghead. I can't believe Egghead was a character. Um, and sometimes just one-off issues of Masters of Evil attacking Avengers Mansion. It has never really been done in this way. Yeah. And I think anything that happens afterwards is just going to feel like they're trying to do Under Siege. Yeah. So yeah. it's it's a defining storyline. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And Baron Zemo, again, there's there aren't a ton, or maybe I don't realize it, like Count Nefaria or uh, I don't know if Amortis is considered a separate villain or what's the other guy, Graviton. Like, I don't know. I don't really like those guys. No, like they're not, they're not, whatever. But- I kind of more immortal by default because he's kind of Kang, but when Graviton shows up, I just think, oh fuck's sake! Like, like, oh, they're all going to float for around for a bit, and someone's going to have to get them down with a badminton racket, and yeah. it will be fine at the end. Yeah, but when but when Baron Zemo puts together a plot or a Red Skull or and these are Captain America villains that you know second as Avenger villains. Yeah, kind of cool. Yeah. Good, they it's can... funny because, especially when I think when the Avengers fight a villain from another character's book, it tends to be Iron Man or Thor's when you think about it, you know, because they're the bigger threats. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, they're true. brought together by Loki as a Thor villain. They, you know, the Masters of Evil originally were a Captain America villain that didn't exist before with <laughs> Enchantress and Executioner, right? And Black Knight and the Melter and yeah. the Radioactive Man, like, and then Cap's just kind of going. Where's my bag? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Red Skull's a good But to one. have a, a, a just a guy. Yeah. Red Skull is ultimately just a guy. Yeah. Baron Zemo is just a guy with a bag on his head. Yeah, yeah. Held on with glue. How does he eat? No one ever <laughs> answers that. <laughs> okay. I think the list is pretty great. Um, some honorable mentions. I was going to pick Loki and the... The choice for me would have been the Avengers Defenders War, which is just the Donnie Brook of hero fighting hero. The first time they kind of did a crossover like that, so it's notable and it's it's fun. You got you know Thor, I think fights the Hulk. Or, he does. Or yeah. I, I forget who the Silver Surfer fights, but you got some uh, really Vision and Scarlet Witch. Yeah, like you got some really cool matchups, and they're done quickly. But 
Loki's behind it, trying to. I forgot the the MacGuffin he's after. With is it more? It's the the evil eye. The evil eye. Yeah, there you go. The most tra- the, the the thing that every European family is afraid of. The evil eye. <laughs> Loki wanted to get it, and and well, that's the thing. Like, like, get the evil eye. We need it to help the Black Knight. Like, it's called the evil eye. Is this going to end badly? No, 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 no. Yeah. No, it's going to be fine. Yeah. So silly, but it is uh, a noteworthy Loki. Um, villain appearance and i think we mentioned you know uh, avengers forever um i would chuck in the scrolls the scrolls i was gonna say that you know yeah um not just kree scroll war but um galactic storm operation galactic storm galactic storm they were in um there was also secret invasion um but my personal favorite is the legacy of thanos where they introduced nebula so it's actually nebula yes. who's the villain yes but then it ends on a Skrull villain yes. as well. That was just, that's a lot of fun, man. And that's part of the Stern era again. I'll go, you two talking about Red Stern all the time. Get hey, up his bum. But like, it's go on, just... Go online ridiculous. and you'll see those those stories listed as much as... We avoid, we try to avoid the obvious stuff. We tried. <laughs> we tried. But it's good. Good is good. Good, Yeah. No, it's good. I, I was going to pick... And I was I was almost gonna do this as like a troll, but pick all Avengers and make them the villain. Because you kind of you kind of can. You kind of can. I was gonna do I was gonna do X Men, but not Avengers versus X Men. But actually, a lot of the Avengers and X Men fights I always think are a bit bollocks. Yeah, they are. They never live up to the hype. I was gonna no. pick Vision, and I was gonna pick the very first appearance of Vision. Where what is it called? Even an uh, android can cry. Yeah, even an android can cry. Yeah, because he's a, he comes first, you know, as a as a threat. They fight him. Yeah, and it's that's a true. Beautifully drawn story. Again, I, I early never actually read that early Buscema. It is Roy Thomas, but is it is a good two issue, just gorgeous, just gorgeous to look at, and it's the first appearance of Vision, and you get to see a little bit of his history initially. I know it goes deeper than that, and of course, you know, you get the. Um, absolute vision era where he does become yes. a threat so yeah you got a lot of times the avengers themselves are each other's villains like you said civil war avengers versus avengers well if you if you if we cheated a bit and went into the ultimates yeah it's hulk and actually I, there's quite a few even in the mainstream universe there's quite a few hulk versus avengers stories i was gonna pick the ultimate ah i was gonna do that it didn't occur to me until literally just now. Otherwise, yeah. I probably would have. That's why I was going to be like, I could pick the Hulk. I could pick Scarlet Rich. I could pick Vision. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me. I'm so clever. <laughs> Who did that voice remind me of? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's going to occur to me like when I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. I, I, I wasn't sure if you thought I was doing an impression of somebody. I wasn't. I wasn't making fun of anybody. I was making fun of myself. <laughs> it sounded like a cartoon character. So I couldn't oh, think it okay. was. Dave, another top yes. ten. That was fun. That was fun. And it's making me want to go and pick up those those stories, too, even though we're the ones recommended. No, it really is. And I read, I, re- I got to read things that I had forgotten, things for the first time, like House of M. And there was, I know the House of M story. It's one of those things that's always talked about, where it's like, do I really need to read it? I know what it happens, but then when I read did you it, like it, I did. Good. I did. I, I went, like it. I like it. When, the tie-ins are bollocks. Don't don't ever don't bother with the tie-ins. Okay, okay, that's that's good to know. Completely Cause, pointless. Because the main series it was uh, 
even though I know she says no more mutants, when it happens, I was like, oh shit. Like, the the parameters of that, like what that means, like that really is a big deal. Yeah. And even though I knew that it happened there, and I was waiting for it, when I see like the way it's drawn out, literally, it's like, oh, that's that's pretty good. It's kind of it's not good, good at the but time. It's, yeah, I think there must be like a bit between the panels where she goes, "Well, it's no more mutants apart from like about a hundred and something." Yeah. Okay. Good night, everybody. Yeah, it's a little bit of a big yeah, it's cheat, fine. but yeah, it's it was fun. It was it was a big deal at the time, and I think it's still it's still fun. Yeah, it was. It was oh, really definitely fun. This is a good idea. I like this. Thank you. No worries. I always enjoy going back to the library. Yeah, it was good. Very good. I like it. Some stuff like this make me realize, like you really like. I didn't realize how much I like the Avengers. Yeah, it's it's funny. I think because when you like you said we were saying earlier, like thinking about the actual villains, I think doing it this way around really makes you think about those stories that really stand out for you in a quite a different way. Because a lot of the Avengers stuff isn't always villain driven. No. A lot of it is inter like stuff happening with the government. Yeah. Stuff happening within their stuff lives. Happening with them. Yeah. So I was thinking about the burn run even before Acts of Vengeance happens. And I'm kinda of going, who's the bad guy, man? Because it's like Vision Quest. Technically, I mean he gets taken to pieces, but it's not someone you could punch. And then it's the emotional drama with Scarlet Witch and Wonder Man, and then it's the introduction of the Great Lakes Avengers, and they they add US agents to the team, and you're kind of going, "Where's the bad guy, man?" But it's I still love those issues, yeah. Um, but it's not the traditional villain thing, right? And actually, a lot of the time, it is the government they're up against. It's it's Skyrick getting yeah. in the way of what they're trying to do, or you know, or someone trying to I think there was a storyline in the stone run of all places where they stopped them flying Quinjets out of New York City and you're going yeah thinking about it how are they allowed to fly jets out of New York City yeah yeah it's funny like right in the middle so um, yeah it's 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 fun to think about those some of those stories that sometimes you just forget no it was good it was a good trip down of you know Avengers library I'm excited I want to read more Looking forward to it. Thunderbolts. I want to finish my Thunderbolts now. Let's do that. We should still read through. Yeah, we should. Uh, any any things you want to plug? I know you plugged the whole episode. <laughs> but uh, on I Instagram? Think I've, I've plugged it to shit, basically. Plugged um. <laughs> <Clogged> it. <laughs> Omniverse um, Comics Guide. Omniverse Comics Guide for the moment if you want to look up some reading orders for stuff like Avengers or a lot of other Marvel stuff go on the Marvel Comics Guide for the minute it's gonna there's gonna be a big revamp we're gonna move over to the Omniverse Comics Guide um, in due course but for the moment there's loads of stuff on there I'm still rejigging some of the older entries um, because some of the older ones are a bit sparse um, so I'm making sure that reading that the fallout is up to date and it mentions some of the modern or modern fallout. Um, but it's still worth worth jumping on there and having a look. Character readers, you can get a Kang reading order on there, yeah. as we mentioned earlier. Yeah. There's there's loads of other characters you can get reading orders for. So um, it's not just reading orders for the characters. I'm still talking somehow. Um, <laughs> um, so what I've tried to do as well with, with character reading orders is highlight the, the stories that 
I think are well worth a read. But whether they're really, really good, it can be forgotten stuff that's really good. Some of it is just, they're just great comics. Some of them are like, do you know what? You don't need to bother with this. So everything is there. There's a nice little synopsis of everything. It's in chronological order, but you don't have to read everything. Or you can take those stories I've created out and go, actually, screw you, buddy. I want to read those. Do what you want. I don't care. I'm not stopping you. <laughs> yeah, you put a lot of work in. So you deserve it deserves the hits because it, it is concise. Everything is there that you want to know. Cool, to find thank that. you. Yeah. Well, you put good work into everything whenever you send me these. If anybody is listening and they see the advertisements that we put on Instagram, that's all Dave's design. Kudos to him. I couldn't do All design. my spelling mistakes. That's okay. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> Comic book fans, they don't read. <laughs> they don't read anyways. Well, thanks, Dave. Thanks once again. Thank, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Rate and review the show. Follow us, Cave of Solitude, on Instagram. Uh, Facebook, same goes for the Omniverse Comics Guide. It's both us. We're both there. You can find us. Thank you, everybody. We'll we, we will be back soon.